Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here with CSO's Steve Reagan. We're going to talk about this year's RSA conference and what he learned. Stick around. Okay, so Steve, first of all, thanks for taking the time to appear from an undisclosed location to talk about the RSA this year. Uh, you know, the, I know that this conference has gotten so big, and there's a lot going on there. Uh, you know, lots of discussions around everything from encryption to GDPR to blockchain to defensive methods that companies can take to to try to keep uh, the bad guys out. So I thought I'd pick your brain for a couple of minutes about uh, maybe the top three or four things that you learned there that uh, IT admins might want to know about, you know, in terms of security this year and cybersecurity. So open floor. Talk wow. About I know, that it's is sort a, of broad. That huh? is a lot of stuff to break down right there, Bob. <laughs> you like messing with me early in the morning, don't you? <laughs> Pick one. Pick one. So let, let's start with the, the, the topic du jour, the one that everybody's worried about, talking about, trying to pitch about 100 emails a day. GDPR. Yes. Um, so essentially what I picked up about that when I was out in, in California for RSA was um, nobody's ready for it. And everybody's really scared about it because they're worried about these massive potentials for monumental fines that could crush a company's soul. The reality is, while the fines are a lot larger than what people are used to, they've already stated that if you make a reasonable effort to come into compliance with GDPR and then you're found out of compliance, well, the more documentation you have and the more efforts you put forward to getting compliant, the less likely it is you're going to face the full 4% of your, you know, all of your global revenue, which is the max fine you could possibly have under this. Um, but really, I think for a lot of people, the big hassle that I overheard at RSA the most was they're still not sure what they need to protect. Right. They're not sure if they need a data privacy officer, if they can just delegate that role to somebody and like kind of add on to it. Um, and I, I've, I talked to one expert who told me that he's seen a lot of companies that are trying to hide fire fire <laughs> they're trying to hire lawyers to get them out of this you know what what legally do we have to do what can we you know try to fall out of scope with and things like that and that's not going to cut it that's i was just going to say is that, that that's a very american response so you know the eu is is about to roll out the, the gdpr rules uh, general data protection regulation uh, i think at the end of may and uh, U.S. companies, rather than actually working ahead of schedule to try to meet the deadline, are now looking to hire lawyers to figure out how they can get out of compliance, at least in some cases. Is that is that really what you're seeing? I mean, that's what they're talking about. Is yeah, an option? no, that's 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 exactly what it is. And and the the thing is, they have uh, let's see, it's May 25th, so that's what uh, we're we're down to about days, two and a half weeks. Yeah, basically yeah, from give now, that, give or take. And the thing is, uh, earlier this month, uh, a lot of you watching this video probably noticed your inbox flooded with, we've changed our privacy policies. Yeah, yeah. That, that is your sign that every one of those services that, that sent you those emails, all of them are changing for GDPR. And they've done some measure of compliance. That's a good sign to see. But at the same time, you know, hiring a lawyer to, to write some legalese and try to get you out of this isn't going to save you when you have a data breach that uh, exposes information you didn't know was regulated. 
Yeah. We're talking, you know, everybody knows the the basics. So your PII, that's your that's your your name, your phone number, your address, what um, your your email addresses, anything to be connected to you personally. But what a lot of people don't understand is those those back end things, your ID that could be linked to you personally. Um, a serial number, cookies. Like, did you know that direct marketing online under GDPR, you have to be opt-in now? No, I like that idea. It sounds because great. Because I'll never opt-in, so I like that, right, that option. Right, But here's the thing, and here's what I can't find answers on. What happens to all the existing marketing channels where it was opt-out, but that data still exists? Now, do they have to protect it or wipe it or give you a chance to opt-back-in? And if you don't opt-back-in, now what do they, what's the responsibility for that data? Do we know, are, are there actual answers to these questions? I mean, are the regulations that are being promulgated in, in the EU, are these questions answered and companies here have just not gotten around to figuring it out? Or is it the sort of thing where the regulations going into effect and a lot of the fine print stuff will, will, will basically evolve as companies realize, oh, we've got this data we don't know what to do with, or we did something we shouldn't have? Or do we know if, if all of that, all the I's and T's are dotted and crossed, respectively? So... So it's both, actually, okay. I think. <clears throat> and the reason why I say that is, is GDPR is actually really documented and, and well-documented and outlined on its actual website. Yeah. Um, here in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be back in the studio, and, and Michael will be there with you to talk about yeah. GDPR. We got that coming if up. there's anybody who's an expert out of all of us, it's going to be him. And I promise you, he'll know the answer cold on this one. But mm-hmm. the, the, the long and short of it is, yes, it's documented, but I still don't think companies understand everything. I mean, they're still having a problem to where they don't know where data is on their networks. GDPR requires that you know where your data is, where it's coming from, where it's going. You have to understand the the, the all of the, the, the ins and outs of your network. And a lot of companies just don't. Right. You know, they, they, they have data that exists somewhere that they just don't know where it is or what it is. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is that's going to be data governed by GDPR and they're going to get hit with it. And that, that scares them more than anything, which is why I think a lot of them immediately turn to lawyers. Right. And so the, 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 the main penalty here is if there's a data breach or if you're found not to be in compliance is the potential for very sizable fines, right? Yeah. Four percent of your, your total earnings. Okay, globally, which is a good chunk of change. You know, this reminds me so much of of the lead up to uh, uh, the ex- expiration of support for Windows XP a few years back, where all of these companies were suddenly rushing around at the last minute trying to figure out what they were going to do, even though they knew this was going to be happening well in advance. You know, it, it, it is amazing to me that companies just don't seem to focus until there's a deadline right in front of them. Yeah, it reminded me, uh, even the XP stuff, it reminded me of an old saying my, my boss used to have in the knock. A, a, a lack of planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on mine. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, <laughs> I really like that can, saying. Can you imagine the, the, the people being, you know, forced to run around now and figure out exactly whether their company is in compliance and what they have to do? And they've got two weeks to make it get done. You know, it's like, come on, oh, yeah. people. It's, and it's, there's no way it's going to happen. In fact, I would argue a majority of companies in the U.S. on May 25th are just going to be out of compliance immediately. But I don't see them hitting anybody for compliance problems on the 25th or the 26th. I think it will be sometime early next year. Q1 of 2019 will be the first time we actually see any kind of regulatory uh, 
punishments. Makes sense. I mean, you you know, you do realize, I'm sure they realize that these companies, if, as you said earlier, if they can show that they've made a good faith effort to line things up, get the proper personnel in, in place, figure out where the data is that they need to protect, and then try to protect it. If something happens while they're trying to do that, you'd like to think there's some wiggle room in there in terms of the, the, the penalties that might accrue, you know, if something happens. But you're right, after six months, it's like, all bets are off. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. I, I appreciate that. It's good to know that uh, at least at RSA, people are thinking about this, and they do realize the deadline is getting really close. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Now, let's not get this twisted. They were only thinking about that at RSA because there's stuff to sell at RSA. Uh, they were trying to uh -huh. sell GDR compliant. Yeah, let's not get get it twisted. Well, there were, there were some <laughs> that, that were like, you know, genuinely concerned, and they want to do what's right for their, their company and their customers. Others were trying to make a buck. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that that's the way it is out at RSA this, it, for the last several years. It's become more about sales than it has about um, – straight security and, and, and doing what's right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier before the show about uh, how big RSA has gotten and how difficult it is to sort of keep track of what, what's really, what, what people are selling versus what's really the, the sort of things that uh, uh, people at the conference need to know. Um, okay. Well, cycling back to, you know, some of the other topics that had come up at this year's conference, you know, one of the, the debates I, I've seen talked about a lot recently is, uh, the idea of you know device security like the iPhone and encryption and what the what the government is trying to do what law enforcement's trying to do to be able to access data if it needs it for uh, law enforcement purposes you've got the you know the hardware that now can can crack iPhones things like that did that come up was that was that you know a hot topic no it didn't come up at all no huh? really you know why because it's not corporate that uh, is not they can't something. Sell yeah, they can't sell it so they're not going to talk about it which is disappointing because years and years ago. That would have absolutely been a topic to talk about at RSA. Yeah. There would have been whole tracks probably dedicated to the legality of encryption and how far you need to go to comply with law enforcement or to assist law enforcement. You don't get that now because nobody can sell you anything on it. That's that's one of my frustrations with the conference lately. It's, it's the fact that it's more about sales than practical discussions on, on, on conversations around security. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, good to know that uh, you know one of the hot button issues is not even coming up for discussion at RSA. Um, another topic that I I think did come up uh, has been a lot of discussion recently, and this actually sort of applies to GDPR as well, um, is blockchain and you know security around blockchain because as, as I'm sure you know you know. At the same time, you're getting lots of emails exactly about everybody, you know, trying to work with GDPR. My inbox is stuffed with people saying, "We've got blockchain. We've rolled out blockchain. We're doing something on blockchain." You know, ICOs, all that stuff. And it's you know, there's a lot of hype around it. I'm, it is an amazing technology potentially, um, but you know, there are some questions about security around it and whether companies can actually roll this out in a way that's going to be useful and secure. Uh, were there any discussions around uh, um, blockchain at RSA? Maybe one or two? <laughs> so <clears throat> my favorite thing to do on the show floor is to go to a vendor that's talking about blockchain yeah, and, and, and ask, ask them, them what to, it is. Ask them what it is and, <laughs> and have them try to define it. And it's so funny because you'll either get a blank stare and no answer or 50 different answers from 50 different people. Yep. And you're not wrong. Blockchain probably does have an application in security somewhere. But I think the problem is we we don't know exactly what that application is. Right now, you've got vendors trying to throw blockchain on top of or inside of pretty much anything they can get their hands on, 
hoping that it works. But if you look at what blockchain is at its base, which is a secure ledger of transactions, well, okay, but how do we apply that to security? What are we going to do with that? Nobody knows yet. It'll be a while before I think we see like a really solid product in security space based on blockchain. For now, it's a really fancy buzzword that everybody's excited about. So it's really easy to, um, to just try and, and, and get that stuff uh, ran. Oh, hey, I, I could see the monitor in the studio. I noticed there Chris you switched we, to a mountain. We had, we had a momentary amazing. glitch there, yeah, but we didn't go away. <laughs> we never go away. Our, our video producer, Chris, says he didn't do a thing. See, it's, I, I think attacker's trying to get in between us here, Steve. Hey, they that's want, that's wanna, a good thing. It shows it shows we're doing important work. Exactly. They want to silence us. <laughs> always, always important work. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I I get it. You know, every time I, I I see these things about blockchain, and I, you know, the, the the implication there is that it, you know, because it's an immutable ledger, it can be secure. But there's also a lot of of software that's sort of built on and around the blockchain that isn't secure. So no matter how blockchain may be, you know, a secure distributed ledger itself, everything that's going to be around it that makes it work is going to be vulnerable, you know? So it's like this idea that it's going to be some be-all, end-all um, security um, nirvana uh, for companies just seems to be a lot of hype to me. It is. It absolutely is. I don't think uh, I don't think it's all it's cracked up to be when they're, when they're trying to sell it on the floor. Like, I, I noticed at least two or three different vendors that were all basically running the same blockchain pitch, but yet none of them could actually explain why blockchain improved their technology. Yeah. And see that that's what I was looking for. I didn't want to know if you added blockchain or if you're you're building on top of. I want to know how this 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 function improved your existing stack and nobody can answer that question. Yeah. Nobody actually could tell me why block adding blockchain or, or bolting blockchain on improved anything. And that's sad, really. That just shows you it's all marketing hype at that point. It's not even a, a R&D. Yeah, got it. Understood. That makes sense. Um, okay, and any other thoughts around RSA in terms of um, lessons learned, suggestions, ideas, things that uh, CIOs, CSOs should be uh, focused on in the year ahead? Next year for RSA, if you're going out there, especially if you're in the C-suite, I think your best bang for your buck is going to be to network with your peers, talk about the problems you're facing and figure out how solutions can come about from that. Try to avoid vendors and analysts who are trying to sell you a product because you can't throw money at every security problem and fix it. However, a problem you're experiencing, a CISO at another bank or another hospital, maybe they've experienced something similar, but they solved their problem. So you can learn a lesson from that. And I, I still think when you have big industry events like this, your best bet's to skip the talks and go make friends. You'll learn more from connecting to your peers than you would from listening to somebody on stage. Yep, that's great advice. Yeah, as you said before, you know, when you go to the vendor events, you know, they're always trying to sell you something. But the people in the trenches who are doing the same thing you're doing have likely come across some of the problems you've come across and equally likely, hopefully, have solved them. And if they've got answers, then that's that's a reason to be there and talk to them. I get that. Yeah, it makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, listen, uh, I have a much better idea for what did come up and what didn't come up at RSA this year. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me and fill me in. Not a problem, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, buddy. For now, that's a wrap. 